March 10th is Tibetan Uprising Day, which commemorates the 1959 Tibetan revolt against the PRC. To mark its 62nd anniversary, more than 30 groups took to the streets on Sunday. For the first time, Kurti Rinpoche, a high-ranking lama, took part in the march in Taipei. He called for support for Tibet. In the past 62 years, countless people in Tibet have lost their lives. They have lost their freedom. Starting from that point, Tibetans fell to the darkest point in their history in terms of morale. The Chinese government has claimed that it treats Tibetans peacefully, but everyone knows that isn't true. Similarly, the Chinese government has also claimed that they have given Tibetans good and happy lives. Of course, this is inconsistent with the facts. Any peace agreement signed with China is not credible. Look at Tibet. It signed a peace agreement with China and eventually ended up with a bloodbath. The Tibetan issue is the Taiwan issue. Helping Tibet is helping Taiwan. They hope their bloodstained history can be recognised by friends all over the world. They hope that after 62 or 70 years, there will still be many friends who can remember how brutally the Tibetans were treated. Even more important is that we want to make our democracy continue. As China's intimidation of Taiwan continues unabated, many Taiwanese, regardless of party affiliation, have supported Tibet's freedom. But as in the past, the KMT was conspicuously absent from Sunday's rally. A meeting scheduled for Monday between Agriculture Minister Chen Zizhong and an environmental group pushing for a referendum for protecting algae reefs was abruptly called off on Sunday. The head of Rescue Datan's Algo Reef Alliance said the meeting had been scrapped as some of its members had misgivings that the government was simply trying to placate them. However, there appears to be cracks in the alliance, with one of its founders leaving the group. The group claims the government's plans to build a receiving station for liquefied natural gas in Taoyuan will destroy ancient algae reefs. As environmentalists continue to push for a national referendum, all eyes have been on the progress of the government's negotiations with the group. A meeting with the Agriculture Minister, originally scheduled for Monday, has been abruptly called off. There were still some misgivings among our supporters. These misgivings are because we have been meeting with the President for years and have been constantly proposing various alternative plans, all of which have been rejected by the developers. And now we're talking about another meeting? Considering that we haven't submitted the referendum petition, it's really not suitable for us to meet at this time. I can fully understand and respect the decision of our friends from the environmental group. The door to communication with the government is always open. So said the agriculture minister, but the algae protection group called on the government to be more proactive. Suspension of work is not something you resolve through discussions. Although we won't be meeting, you can take the initiative to show some goodwill when you know what the situation is like. The alliance's decision to cancel the meeting with Minister Chen has revealed cracks within the environmental group's leadership. One of the campaign's founders, He Zongshun, has decided to quit. 要谈事情就是要沟通嘛。
If you have issues to discuss, you should communicate them. If everyone interprets an offer of communication as a way of just throwing us a bone, does this really mean that if and when the government in future takes a different stance from us, we should cease communication altogether and just have a direct confrontation? No, it shouldn't be like this. He has always believed that communication is the way to solve problems. I personally don't object, but now that the current situation has changed, we made this decision internally. Of course, Mr He has his own ideas, but we are still very grateful to him. Despite his withdrawal from our decision-making circles, we still welcome him back any time. It is obvious that this confrontation between algae reef-loving environmentalists and the government won't go away soon. The EMU 900 trains, known locally as the most beautiful commuter trains in history, will start taking passengers on April 1st after a long wait. The Taiwan Railways Administration announced that the trains will only run between Shuling and Jilong. On April 4th, full service will begin just in time for the Tomb Sweeping Festival long weekend. The EMU 900s were originally scheduled to hit the rails for the Lunar New Year, but problems with brake settings delayed the rollout. In addition, owing to the spread of COVID in Europe, technicians from the German manufacturer had no means of getting to Taiwan to make the necessary repairs, thus delaying the train's launch. A Japanese colonial-era site in Hualien has gotten a makeover. The former Hualien prosecutor's residence is now a cafe, but it's lost none of its Japanese charm with tatami and historical signs only adding to the atmosphere. The owners love the building's courtyard. It gives their beloved Shiba Inu dogs somewhere to play while they work. Slipping off your shoes to come inside is an integral part of arriving at a house in Japan. It's also part of the ritual at this cafe, where the floor is all made of wood and tatami in traditional style. Even the signs on the walls are all in Japanese. Traditional Japanese words for seating area, cashier and washroom, replace the normal nomenclature. At first, we were looking around the city for a larger space with a courtyard and safe place. Mainly, it was to find an environment for our two elderly loved dogs where they could come to work with us. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to take care of them. This Japanese-style cafe was the Hualien prosecutor's residence during the Japanese colonial era, and it is listed a national-level historical site. To breathe life back into history, it was opened up for use by business, and these coffee shop owners happened upon the opportunity. It was the perfect spot, so they snapped it up. While preserving the historical style, they've added in many more Japanese elements. We've actually always really liked these kinds of Japanese historical sites, old buildings and these old places with the courtyard vibe. This site completely fit our needs. The courtyard, the sunlight, the old historical building. We wanted to borrow the energy of a business and work with it to share the cultural heritage value of the building and its classic elegance with the public. When the cafe opens, it will offer coffee and other drinks and desserts, as well as host exhibitions and tours of the site's historical quirks, a new spot to visit for Japanese history geeks. When the demands of raising children and caring for older adults rear their head in Taiwanese families, it is often women who bear the brunt of it. 
Women, far more than men, are likely to quit their jobs at prime working age to become full-time homemakers. Years later, when they're ready to return to work, they find themselves facing a changed job market with trepidation and little emotional support. Today, in our Sunday special report, we meet a group that's trying to help ease the transition of women who want to return to work. Through counseling and workshops, it strives to give women the confidence and skills needed for a smooth launch back into the workforce. 管理中心，你好。哦，你哪里？吴西尼 is 44 and works as a secretary for the management committee of a residential complex. Landing this job was a struggle as she had a career gap of four years. 我在这边做会计啊。I do the books, handling the residence management fees and receipts. I also issue parking permits. 大哥来收钱啊。好。Miss Wu was once a high-powered insurance agent who worked long hours, rushing to events and racing against time. She quit the job to become a full-time homemaker. Several years later, once her youngest child reached fourth grade, she decided to re-enter the workforce to pitch in with household expenses. At least this job is near my home, and the hours are very regular. I think it works well for me because I can still take care of my kids. Over in New Taipei's Shijiu District is Wang Huiru, a 43-year-old single mother to three children. Since her divorce, she's shouldered sole responsibility for her children's education and family finances. She works part-time at a bento shop and does odd assembly jobs at home, but her main source of income is her clothing shop. I opened a clothing shop because my kids are in school, and this work lets me be in control of my time. If they get sick or if something happens at school, I can just close up for the day and go. Miss Wong has thought about finding a job at a big company, but for the time being, that notion is on the back burner. If I really got myself an office job, what would happen? Would I still be able to make time for the kids? Would I be able to handle the rhythm of corporate life? According to a survey by the Ministry of Labor, the number one reason women leave their jobs is to look after their families. For women aged 30 and up, the labor force participation rate is 14 to 29 percentage points lower than that of men. 有非常多的女性朋友们因为照顾小朋友或是照顾老人家。There are a lot of women who quit their jobs because they have to look after their children or older adults in their family, or because they're expecting a child. Some leave because they are trying to have a baby and can't. They might think, "What can I do to take care of my body?" 说好，我该回家要陪小孩。可是就像你说的，哎。So said, said, children grow up and they gradually stop needing you. Yet you're still there. Sometimes women freely choose to quit their jobs to care for their loved ones. Sometimes a stark reality is at play. On average, Taiwanese women make less than men, and they're often the ones forced to leave their jobs for their children. No matter the reason, once those family responsibilities are no longer pressing, it can be daunting for women who want to go back to work. They often encounter closed door after closed door. As the job search drags on, a deep sense of self-doubt can develop. 
我有放在那个一零四，当然没有人通知我啊。I uploaded my resume to a job search platform, and of course nobody contacted me. If you go and say I've got to take care of my kids on weekends and can't do overtime in the evenings, it makes it really hard to find a normal job unless someone recommends you. And Chen has been in the consulting and leadership sector for more than 30 years. She says that on average, women who leave the workforce due to motherhood tend to do so at 30 years old. If their hiatus lasts for two years or more, it is deemed as a career break that diminishes their prospects once they decide to return to work, often as a middle-aged or older adult. So you today want to recruit, you want to use people, is very Say the candidate you're considering, the talent you want to hire, is well in their 40s. The employer might have concerns that such candidates would be older than their potential supervisors. Say that it's a younger male supervisor. How would she interact with him? The concern has to do with the age difference. Sometimes, not being able to find work is due not to employer prejudice, but to the candidate's own lack of self-confidence. 说，其实很首先很很重要的会受到冲击的是，哦，他们对于自己的自信心。First and foremost, she may be lacking self-confidence. She may feel that her professional expertise and ability are no longer needed for society. In this situation, she will need to evaluate herself and identify other skills at which she excels. She can explore what the job market has for her and then go for those opportunities. Chen founded the Taiwan Women Career Development Association to help returning women rediscover their self-confidence. The association holds workshops for women to get ready to step back into the labor market. The courses, guidance and counseling sessions bring participants closer together as each strikes her own path forward. In our flexibility and resilience workshop, the most important thing is helping them regain their self-confidence. The second is helping them see their own resilience. Number three is helping them get their affairs in order, be it in terms of their family or in time management. Number four is showing them how to handle being a working woman. The final thing is helping them reach their career potential. From building a healthy mindset to honing useful skills, the courses aim to help participants find a new direction in life. It's only at the end that we offer guidance on how to dress professionally, how to handle interviews, and how to write a resume. Ms. Wu says that the courses and mock interview sessions helped her see what she was doing wrong in her job search. 什么样的一些特殊的技巧可以适合我们这社区秘书的工作啊？老师就有提点我，就说第一个，你哎，你薪水就不要写了。The instructor gave me some tips. She said, first, don't write your salary for past positions. When people see that in your current situation, who would dare hire you? You've been out of the workplace for four years. During that time, you were recruiting volunteers. That means you were engaging in discussions with them. That you have communication skills. Why didn't you write that on your resume? I had felt that the volunteer job was unpaid, and that I wasn't supposed to put such work on my CV. Throughout the process, Wu learned that what she saw as weakness could be a strength, and that she had unique strengths attractive to employers. It was the process of self-discovery that helped her get a glimpse of her potential. Here at the association, women support other women as they work together to turn adversity into strength.
The most important thing is helping them reconnect with themselves and rebuild their sense of self, so that they can find momentum for moving forward. It's a process of transformation that occurs again and again before beauty is finally brought to the fore. Thanks to a weather front, many places around the island saw significant rainfall over the weekend. The Air Force and Academia Sinica both took the opportunity to begin cloud seeding, an artificial rainmaking operation. Reservoirs in northern Taiwan are expected to receive 6.21 million tons of water as a result. That's equivalent to six days of water consumption in Xinju. Now, with the passing front, the rainfall has subsided. The Water Resources Agency says once the weather condition becomes favorable again, it will continue with cloud seeding operations. The Air Force Weather Wing dispatched C-130H transport aircraft twice over the weekend. They flew over the Sherman and 2nd Baosheng reservoirs and carried out cloud seeding operations. Staff from Academia Sinica were also working on the ground, lighting chemicals to induce precipitation at the Mingde and Yonghoshan reservoirs. According to Water Resources Agency data, Taiwan's northern reservoirs will gain 6.21 million tonnes of water as a result of the cloud seeding efforts. In the next few days, this volume of water will gradually flow into the reservoirs. If the Shinju area currently consumes nearly 1 million tonnes of water a day, this is equivalent to God giving us an extra week, that is, six days of water. However, the rain gradually subsided in various places on Sunday after a front passed and only Taiwan's northern and eastern regions saw rainfall. From Monday to Wednesday, the northeasterly winds will continue to affect Taiwan's northern and northeastern regions with lows of 15 to 17 degrees. The rest of the island will see temperatures of 18 to 20 degrees. Fair weather will return on Thursday, but on Friday another wave of northeasterly winds will arrive. The reason there was so much rain yesterday is that it was actually accompanied by the weather pattern of a front and strong convection growing from the front. In the next wave that will arrive next weekend, we still do not see a significant frontal system. It appears that the range of rainfall is still limited to the northern and eastern half of the country. Even if the next wave of rainfall is currently estimated to be concentrated in the north, the Water Resources Agency is keeping an eye on developments. As long as conditions are favourable, it will continue with cloud seeding operations to replenish the depleting reservoirs and ease the water shortage crisis.